Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Courageous Recovery Broadcast. I'm your host, Randy Mortensen. This is a weekly 20 to 25 minute program where we provide answers for your I don't know how. Whether you're dealing with recovery issues, emotions from a loss, or maybe life has just thrown you one more curveball than you expected, I'm so glad you're here. Today, it's just a huge blessing to have my friend Joel Shigarin on, and we're going to talk about a, a something that very few of you will even recognize. So this is FASD is just something that more people need to be aware of, and Joel is, is becoming more and more of an expert at that. It's always great to have people joining this broadcast from coast to coast, and and we're even up to 22 countries, I think, the last time I looked as far as listeners. So welcome. Thank you for taking time from your busy schedules to connect. You should see on in, in the chat box, you should see a place for, to subscribe as well as to leave any, leave any comments, particularly if you're on Facebook or YouTube, just leave a comment uh, and some feedback, much appreciated. For more information about me and, and the work that, that I'm doing, you can go to my website. It's randymortensen.com. That's randymortensen, M-O-R-T-E-N-S-E-N.com. Later in the show, I'll talk about the 21-point assessment that you'll find there that's a tool to determine whether you or a loved one qualifies for one of my programs called the Lifestyle Champion Cohort. So today, as, as I mentioned, I have my friend, Joel on with me and Joel is 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 an accomplished veteran I will say in in the world of the advertising industry and he's I don't he must have started when he was 5 or 6 because he says he's been doing this for 30 years as a veteran photographer director and producer and one of the milestones for Joel that I remember uh, as he was going through this was back in 2015 his first film was called Cracked Ice. I actually know the gentleman that uh, was was featured in that in that film, and and it ran for it's probably still running on the Hulu network. Uh, Cracked Ice was really an interesting history of racing cars on frozen lakes in Minnesota. For some of you Southerners, you don't know what that means, but we'll talk about that another time. He's also the co-founder of the nonprofit Hope and Rescue Foundation. It's a nonprofit addressing human trafficking and FASD slash mental health is one of the driving issues there. He's married, has a beautiful wife, Kim. They have two children, son, son Sam, who's now 18, was diagnosed with FASD almost four years ago. Joel, is that is that accurate? Getting close to it. Yep. Okay. And Joel's working on a documentary now called Embraced, The Truth About Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders and how to sound the alarm concerning the dangers of drinking during pregnancy. You can go to the website that we'll talk about more here halfway through the show. The, the website for more information is embracedmovement.org. So that's a lot of fast talking on my part, Joel. So welcome to, to the show. 
And any anyone that's listened to more than one episode knows that my usual first question is this one. What is there that you know today that you wish your 22-year-old self would have known? Well, about that time, my dad had shared with me that, Joel, you got to live your life with integrity because wow. you're going to know anybody you want to, or you're within just a few people of knowing anybody you want to. So I know Randy and Randy knows the governor. I don't know. Uh, as an example, I didn't really grasp that till much later in life. It is really a catalyst for success in a lot of areas is who you know, and to make sure that you're living a life full of integrity in order to have that respect for that access, if that makes sense. So, wow. Wow. And, and integrity and character are two of those characteristics in people that are often overlooked, but yet we value them in a huge way, don't we? Yeah. Um, and, and those of us who call ourselves Christ followers or identify as Christ followers without integrity and character, that there's major conflict. Well, there is. And I guess part of our stewardship in life is to be a life of character, right? Right on, right on. Okay. Well, I mentioned, I mentioned your nonprofit. I also mentioned the, the film that you're, you're working on, have been working on for a while. Uh, so many of our listeners have probably not heard of FASD before, before a minute ago. And what, what was the driving force that really got you to engage in, in, in the FASD awareness? And there's no solutions at this point. Um, there's a number of people that are doing research, not enough as I hear you, you talk, but what was your motivating factor of getting involved in, in this FASD movement? Well, three and a half years ago, pushing four now, my uh, son was diagnosed with an FASD. We had brought him home from the hospital. Uh, we were asked out of the blue to adopt, and it was part of a dream, and uh, we brought him home. It was all very fast. We were not on an adoption list, we were seeking adoption, hadn't signed up for any uh, agency responses to connect to birth mothers, uh, totally off the radar. We were asked out of the blue if we wanted to adopt, we said yes. And as I said yes, I remembered the dream. And for 14 years, we really struggled with Sam's, um, his behaviors, if you will. and. 14 years into the adoption or into his life, I should say, those questions about behaviors were answered uh, with his diagnosis. And it's not so much his behavior, it's how his brain's wired. Hmm. So we would ask somebody, it would be silly to ask somebody who's blind, well, stop running into the wall. It's a disability. Right. And those behaviors come out of a brain injury that relates to uh, women drinking during pregnancy. And wow. doctors are all over the place in terms of their answers. Some embrace this, others, oh, there's not enough research. And that's far from the truth. There's 40 years of it. So when we were 
at the nonprofit who did the diagnosis, we just kind of were overwhelmed. And when that sort of settled, it's like, well, is there a need for a, a documentary? I kind of know how to do something like that and right. could jump in. And so I began researching both to learn how to help my son, because it's a completely different mindset for parenting. Um, very, very different inter, uh, interventions for somebody with a brain injury. And I could get to that here in a little bit, but it just really is overwhelming. I've interviewed 30 some folks via Zoom in the last month or so. And I've talked with psychiatrists who've had three degrees Uh and they've learned more about this issue in the because they've learned more about the brain, I should say, because of this issue than all three of their degrees combined. Wow. It is it is it is fascinating study. It's comprehensive. I'm not a neuroscientist, but I could talk to you a little bit about how the brain works and how to really intervene with my son. And so it was out of the passion to both help him and just the lack of awareness. If you said FASD to me before his diagnosis, it'd go right over my head. I wouldn't. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember the first time you said it to me, I said, what? What are you saying? For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so there's a couple of questions. There's a couple of questions that come to mind and let's, let's educate the people because as you said, there's just no awareness. And so <clears throat> what about that woman who's maybe pregnant today? And she says, well, if I just have a beer or I just have one glass of wine or, you know, something that the lack of awareness, even of the, the doctors who are who are giving guidance to to a pregnant mom, right? Where, what, what's, did, is there a degree of of well, a little bit of alcohol is okay, or is it one drop, or what? That that's my one question. My other question will be, just if there's some way to tie this together, are there any telltale signs for an educator? or for a mom or a dad that wonders what the heck's going on with my son or daughter, but let's stay on the first side. Let's let's, what would we say to that pregnant mom? Well, doctors and yeah. So doctors in general are all over the board and the American OBGYN colleges are working hard to correct that because of the knowledge that's been gained and the information. And the answer is zero absolutely zero alcohol of any kind. Beer is no different than wine, is no different than gin. Alcohol is alcohol and it passes through the placenta. And would you give alcohol to your child in place of nursing instead of milk for nursing? Yeah. Yeah. Right? No. And so up until the age of five, so no alcohol, which means breastfeeding don't be drinking while you're breastfeeding so it's not just in the utero it's also beyond and so you're playing with fire you really are so we have two children uh, both from the same birth mother both uh, were exposed to alcohol probably pretty close to the same level during the pregnancy and our daughter is not affected but that's much like a tree as related to wind in a storm. Does it blow down the branch? Does it blow down the tree? Does it affect just a little bit? You're playing with fire. You don't know. And 
it the the fetus is organic and so it may have resistant they may be eating different they may be thinking different is what the dna or the research shows for the epigenetics of how the baby develops and unfolds and the expression of what they're going to become etc and so you don't know uh and that means that any trimester okay. there's just the the research is overwhelming zero alcohol at okay. any any stage including breastfeeding don't be drinking until that child is off the off of uh, the weaning process right so, right okay Okay, so that's that's great response. It's not one drink or a half a drink or half an ounce or whatever. It's zero. It's, yeah. it's very clear. Okay. So there are there is just to punch that home. Uh, there is research that shows in the first three weeks how the alcohol affects the the uh, the fetus. Interesting. Okay, yeah. so then let's go. Let's 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 move move towards my other question then, um, because with a lack of awareness, you have behavioral issues, or I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's some telltale signs for a teacher or for a mom or for a grandma or for dad or, or whatever. What, how, do, how do we educate the public on, on some of these telltale signs? Well, the issue itself is often misdiagnosed or underdiagnosed. So a child may have, uh, there's 400 and I want to say 28 comorbidities uh, with this issue. And so you pick up on, oh, they just have ADHD. Oh, they just have a learning issue. Oh, they have a memory. And the list goes on of whatever those behaviors might be. And those are not necessarily wrong. They're just not a full picture of what might be happening. And so the issue becomes, or the, it becomes complicated because unlike Down syndrome, 90% of our children don't have any physical telltales signs or traits that there's going to be a disability. Um, and so it's invisible. So it does really come out and primarily comes out in the behaviors. And okay. those behaviors are primarily ADHD um, is goes hand in hand with it. A real struggle with understanding a consequence. Uh, easily upset, and that's because of the processing speed. They're not able to access the what they've learned at the same rate that you and I might respond to something. And so they may be in the middle of something. And you say something and all of a sudden you're getting some sort of really negative and heavy pushback. And you think, how disrespectful. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the program, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and if you learn to make a statement, so I'll give an example. Sam was, after I learned one of those interventions, Sam was on the couch and he was doing whatever on his phone. Hey, Sam, can you help out with some dishes in five minutes? Because the normal response, if I didn't put the five minutes in there, <laughs> would be yada, 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 right? Well, it still might be yada, 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 <laughs> but don't respond to it. Right. Walk away. Right. Five right. minutes later, he's up and doing the dishes. Wow. He needs a minute to figure out what he's doing, how to slow down, and 
move to the next thing. So transitions are incredibly hard. Uh, and so when you get to middle grade, middle school, when you're moving from one class to the other, those transitions can be really hard and really difficult. Um, another telltale sign is what is termed dismaturity. So there's a disproportionate um, emotional age, uh, possible cognitive age and possible um, social age to what their okay. chronological age is, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah, so yeah. Picture a box and divide that into four quadrants and you put the chronological age where one corner and it might be 18 in our case in another box it would be the emotional age and it might be five sure uh, sure you go social and it might be seven and cognitive sam's a little higher in that area now go put that child in a hallway at, in the high school they're eight years yeah. old or seven yeah. years old or five yeah. years old, whatever. Right. And now you're right. letting them lose. No wonder they get in trouble. And, well, and, and one behavioral issues. And one, one of the other shocking statistics, and I don't remember, but what percentage of students are affected by FASD? It's, it's like one out of five or, it's, or it's one out of 20. One out of 20. Okay. Of, okay. Yeah. So it's 5%. 5%. That's where my five was. Yeah. still 5%. Is, yeah. And autism is one in 60 or one in 59. Oh, that's right. Okay. All right. Okay. So, so it's three times the prevalence. So there's just so much undiagnosed issue, right? Correct. And, and so from a, from a prevention standpoint, or or helping those people that maybe are undiagnosed that's where that's where your your film comes into play right well we sure hope and, so and and then okay so let me let me just take a take a quick break and and just talk about some of the resources and then I want I'm I'm going to ask you as far as how do people get a hold of you uh, okay. also but let me say a couple things so the Lifestyle Champion Cohort that I mentioned earlier is a weekly 90-minute meeting where I take talented management professionals onto those, those meeting slash calls. And there's three phases of that eight-week program. Phase one is evaluate, phase two is equip, and phase three is enjoy. If you're interested in that or just getting uh, becoming part of my database, it's as easy as this. Just text CHAMPION to 66866. That's CHAMPION to 66866 to see if you or a loved one qualifies for the Lifestyle Champion Cohort. You can go to randymortensen.com, download the 21-point assessment, and then and then that will tell you whether, whether you're a, a mild or a moderate or severe case of substance use disorder. Mild or moderate, the Lifestyle Champion Program is a good option for you. And because you've listened to this broadcast, uh, you're entitled to a 35% discount. Just mention LCC, Lima, Charlie, Charlie, when when registering and, and you'll get that discount. So Joel, I know that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to want to reach out to you after they hear this broadcast. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? That would be the website. And that is called embracedmovement.org. So okay. as Embraced in embracedmovement.org. Yeah. Okay. As in ED. 
embracedmovement.org. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to pick a name that was positive. I love and embrace my son. A lot of the names come out as broken or this, that, oh. and the other. And it's like, uh, let's not throw the kids under the bus. They've got incredible talent. They just need to know. We just need to know how to work with them to get them to that place. Right. Where they can, where they can use their gifts and talents that make a difference, fulfill their purpose, et cetera. So I don't think I've ever asked you this before. So somebody that's 35 and has just struggled, you know, they've, they, their, their relationships have gone south or drinking or drugging or, or, or whatever, but their life is just filled with dysfunction is, is there, I mean, I don't know the research. I mean, are, are there are there tools available? Are there skill sets that that can be used once you get out of your teen years, or what's what's the information on that? Say, well, in normal brain development, we start to calm down a little bit around age twenty five. Okay, and that's not any different for these kiddos. Uh, okay, when they're starting to reach that, but the the difference is, and it may be let's use 25 as a target. It may not be on their 25th birthday, but in that general, in that general range, when they're, they reach 25, it starts to calm down a little bit. It doesn't mean that the brain injury and the processing speed and the ADHD will go down or away, but it's easier to work with and start to get on a path for success. Right. Okay. But 25% of our prison populations, both men and women, have this condition. 25%? Yes. Wow. Yeah. So when I saw those numbers and started putting together the social vulnerabilities, hey, Sam, come do this. I'd be glad to. I need a friend. And they get in trouble with the law or get into trouble with the law for different reasons. There's a high percentage of these, I think it's 60%, maybe 70% of those with FASD get in trouble with the law by age 18 or something like that. So it's a high percentage and we write it off as behaviors. Um, sure. And if we can start to recognize, Oh, they need a group of friends to get around to be influenced better. They need a little bit more time to think about things. They have a lot of trouble with working memory. So what they learn on Monday, they may not remember on Tuesday. And we think, oh, they're lazy. They just don't get So somebody in their late teens that diagnosed or undiagnosed, are are they more prone to find coping mechanisms or or just crisis management and and go towards drugs or alcohol then? Is that is that common or or not so much? Well, to their disadvantage, they're born with impulsivities. Got it. So the alcohol affects the frontal lobes and the corpus callosum are the two main targets. There's, there's other main areas, but for, the, for right now, to tie that in is it's our executive functions are in the frontal lobe. And so making a decision, predicting what's going to happen tomorrow, being able to manage why authority is putting a rule around something, et cetera, et cetera. And so with that disability, 
part of what I've heard from some folks to answer, maybe tie back to your question of when you're getting older. Um, some of these mentors who have FASD, who are in their 30s all the way to 50s, um, they just say to the younger generation with this condition, just buck up. Wow. <laughs> if they say no, they're not doing it because they're against you. They're yeah. trying to protect you and keep you safe. Right. And so those are tools <laughs> that hopefully we can get to a younger age. Uh, so the earlier the intervention, the better the outcomes. But that I doesn't don't... mean because we discovered Sam at 14, he's not going to be successful. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and even one of the other indicators of the prison population, and I don't know whether this is across the United States, but here in Florida, they look at the reading level of third graders. And that's one of the key predictors of what the population in the prisons will be 15 to 20 years from now. So well, put, put that together yeah. with FASD. Oh, yeah. yeah. Reading issues and learning issues. Right, right. So here's here's what impresses me a lot about what you and and, and your wife Kim are, are so passionate and loving and and caring about this, but you've you've your recent God's opening up more and more doors for you here recently. So so I think it's okay for me to talk about Senator Tom Daschle uh, as well as Kevin Costner and and some of these other celebrities politicians. Because you've got a near-term goal of what? Raising $50,000 for the Embrace film, right? Is that right. your initial target? Yes. And so if, if, if someone that's hearing this is saying, hey, I want to contribute, um, what do you, you have some basic information to, that you could send them? Or is that available on, on the website? What's the best way for somebody to get more info, Joel? Yeah, so on the website, you can track down the executive summary pretty easily. And the dollars are going towards the development of this project. And we're approaching it a little different in terms of usually you put together your story arc and where you want to go, who you want to interview, and then you come back and you put it all together and find creative uh, visuals to go with that. I'm starting with writing stories or uh, interviewing people in order to script stories around family, classroom, and criminal justice. So the story arc is family, classroom, criminal justice as these little mini movies within the documentary. We talk about the controversy and the neuroscience, and then we exit with stories of hope and success. And uh, I'd like to tag at the back end of it people like who you just mentioned, who can be in a pre-recorded discussion panel. Let's talk about this. This thing is so sorely unaware of by the general public. People are going to have questions when they're done, right? And right. so if I script the story as little mini movies within the documentary, not so much reenactments as much as it is let's compile these stories that we're learning and figure out the threads that really address the education or the family chaos, et cetera, et cetera, in a way that's going to really be a story that people can connect to and, and then put the interviews to go with those on top. So the interviews are almost the B roll. Perfect. 
and Perfect. so that's the creative way I'm going about it. And, you know, perseverance pays off. And my main role is loving and caring on my son and helping him through school. And, and so it takes a little longer to get where we're going to go. But that's the plan is to use the dollars to help develop those scripts and raise additional dollars for the rest of the production for actual travel and reenactments, et cetera. But the other piece of this, that's uh, I really have a focus on how to distribute this. And that is in collaboration with the nonprofits who are doing the, the direct service work and right. let's pull their resources, their their followers in their local area, so to speak, the people who are supporting them. Let's give them a film that we can all watch together. Well, and, and there's this mesh network of sorts because, because the substance use disorder networks, you know, those people that I'm in network with in the faith-based recovery world, or it's the human trafficking that you and I have, have both been heavily invested into in time and, and money it, it, these these are all triggers, and it's the prison population, and and it's all it's the education system, it's all of these networks that are already there. It's the content that's lacking, and without yeah. the content, you get no awareness. And I think the other thing that blows my mind is there's so little spending, both at the federal level and the state level, on this issue. That's a major challenge for families, right? Unless, unless there's a diagnosis around autism that goes hand in hand with FASD, it's incredibly hard to find funding. They just don't recognize it. The federal government doesn't even list it as one of the 13 items when you're doing an IEP. Okay. It's an other. Okay. It, it, they get there by other. Really? So yeah, and so here it is. So autism is funded somewhere in the neighborhood of seven hundred million on the federal level, and FASD is funded somewhere in the neighborhood of seventeen million. So right. not even ten to one, and yet so, it's three times the prevalence. Yeah, yeah. So as as we're as we're beginning to wrap up here, that mom or dad who's listening that has that I don't know twelve year old, ten year old, fifteen year old that they just have more questions than answers. They've, they've gone the psychologist route. They've gone the, you know, psychiatrist route, professional mental health people. What would you say to that mom or dad that, that has no hint? <laughs> what, did, what did you say? I'm sorry. They're more than welcome to get a hold of me. And there's a okay. contact form on the embraced. Uh, but in terms of a diagnosis, uh, there are organizations that do the diagnosis, uh, the assessment um, in each state. And we do have a list of some of those. Uh, we do most certainly have a list of where, where your state is and how to connect with a nonprofit that way. And those okay. folks may be able to point you in the right direction. But okay. a lot of times it's missing on even where to get the assessment. And if you do get it, I think in Florida, it might be a nine month wait, unless you're willing to pay out of pocket. Really? Yeah. Is, is there one state in particular that's kind of leading in this movement at all? Well, not because I'm here in Minnesota, but Minnesota is one of the states. 
Okay. But we're still sorely, sorely lacking awareness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, um, the other area would be Alaska and Washington State. Okay. Maybe, maybe Southern California. Okay. But that, there, there's others coming up and coming. And there's well, we need to accelerate. More, <laughs> we need to accelerate that, right? And this yeah. project is really by, with, and for the community uh, that revolves around this. And so it connects to the alcohol aspect because my focus is to find a female host for this film that's celebrating sobriety so okay. she can speak to the birth mothers. I, I want to kill the stigma yes. around this issue, right? Yes. It, it's a brain injury. It's not a behavior issue. Yeah. There are a number of celebrities that potentially have this issue uh, to tie back to Senator Daschle and Kevin Costner. They were really lead people 20 some years ago of helping establish the national organization of fetal alcohol. Um, uh, it's called NOFAS, National Organization okay. of Fetal Alcohol Syndrome. And they're based in Washington, D.C. because of their efforts to get them there. And Senator Daschle and I have had an opportunity to speak. He's still passionate about this issue. Uh, awesome. You know, I awesome. have not been able to connect with Kevin Costner, but it would sure be great to have that kind of support to lend right. a voice to this issue because it needs that sort of right. attention. It needs right. If we can like get that. Hollywood, if we can get Hollywood and Washington DC online, we'll see some acceleration, right? Well, we sure hope so. So we're working, <laughs> we're working away at that. And, you know, uh, so anyway, funding will go to very specific things to For help sure. move this project forward. And it, uh, it's just, um, uh, a left turn in life, if you will. Right. What right. I would be doing. I had ideas of like ice racing. <laughs> understood. Understood. Okay. Well, you and I could talk for more than an hour. It's time for me to do a quick wrap up. So folks, you know, during this pandemic, overdose rates have, have, have just skyrocketed. Right now we're seeing more than 130 overdose deaths per day. Uh, in, in our American economy, it's causing right around $800 billion annually, the substance use disorder challenges. So if you know somebody who's struggling today, or maybe you're that person with the compulsive and destructive behavior, please don't wait another day to get help. You can call my office number. It's 321-757-HOPE, 321-757-HOPE, or call someone you know and trust because the people that are dying today are husbands, wives, sons, and daughters of someone who loves them. Today's the day. As I mentioned earlier, you can also just send a quick text message to me. That's champion to 66866, champion to 66866. I hope you found this information helpful today. You can look for the replay on the usual podcast online outlets like Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. Joel, one final word to, to just encourage people. Don't give up. If you have a kid that's struggling with this, it is just don't give up on them. I build relationships. I take the time out of the day to not give up on my son. And if he's in school and right now it's online and he's struggling, sometimes we just shut down and go fishing. Awesome. I want the, I want the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I want the relationship. So don't give up on them. They're created in God's image. 
Yeah. And Amen. don't take it personal. Don't take the behaviors and the pushback personal. And that's Amen. really hard to do. So yeah. Save the okay. Course. All right. Well, folks have a blessed day and be extraordinary today. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, forward, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.